Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial, and welcome to another episode of AdMail. Going to be a brilliant, yeah, thrilling, fun episode today. We're going to be tackling using a credit card for a self-directed IRA LLC, how to pay state filing fees for a self-directed IRA LLC, and then backdoor, mega backdoor Roth solo 401k. Can you still do it in 20 or for 22 in the 23 taxable year? So really fun um, episode uh, for everyone. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Um, And without further ado, um, let's get right into it. So first question is from Julie W. of Inglewood, California. And Julie wants to know, I have a self-directed IRA LLC and will be doing a lot of flipping. Could I get a credit card from Home Depot in the name of my IRA LLC? So the issue with a credit card, Julie, is that under Internal Revenue Code Section 4975C, you're not allowed to personally guarantee an obligation of your IRA. So credit cards, just like you can't personally guarantee a loan, a credit card is a personal guarantee, right? If you don't pay the credit card, they're coming after Julie. Whereas a debit card... If you don't pay, if you don't have enough money in your account, the transaction's not going through. So credit cards, I would not do, Julie. Uh, I think you can get into trouble and, and trigger the primitive transaction rules. Debit cards, you can do, you know, Zelle, Venmo, you can do. Um, what a lot of clients do with like a Home Depot situation is they'll go with a friend, a non-disqualified person, a non-parent, non-child, non-spouse, non-daughter-in-law, non-son-in-law, and they'll have them purchase the stuff, and then those write them a check or Venmo them the money uh, from the IRLC bank account. So I would not do a credit card, but you can do the Zelle, Venmo, check, uh, debit card, good, or kind of just have a friend buy the stuff at Home Depot and just reimburse them that from the IRLC account, not your personal account, especially if the um, equipment and materials are going to be used for a self-record IRLC property, right? When it comes to doing a self-directed IRA investment, you got to keep it separate from yourself, right? Tender is just a border and you got to stay on one side of the border with your IRA and you don't want to commingle with any personal funds. Second question is from YouTube. And this person wants to know, I have a self-directed IRA LLC, you need to pay the state LLC fees. So should I use my LLC or can I pay personally? So as a general rule, if you can pay it out of your LLC, your IRA LLC, since it's a state fee associated with the administration of the self-record IRA LLC, I think it's the best course of action to use your LLC to pay for it. Now, it does happen when certain states, they need a credit card, and that's okay because the operating agreement that we provide will allow you as a manager to, to uh, pay reasonable and necessary expenses and being reimbursed. So there are situations like certain states that will uh, require you to do a credit card online. And since uh, you may not be able to have a debit card with your LLC, and I've had some clients use a credit card and they get reimbursed. Um, and I think that's okay. Just like if it's accounting or legal, technically if it's necessary expenses, 
you can be uh, reimbursed for them as the manager of the LLC because the LLC filing fees obviously needed to keep the LLC in good standing with the state. So if you're in a situation where you cannot use your IRA LLC bank account to make the payment, then technically doing it yourself is fine. Another option is just have a friend do it, right? Use the friend's credit card and then reimburse your friend. So a non-disqualified person, just like you know Julie's question, the credit card, going to Home Depot, have a non-parent, non-child, non-spouse, non-darla, non-son-in-law, you know, maybe pay the fee, the 100, 150 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is, and then write, sell them, Venmo them, or just write a check from your IRLC bank account. That's probably um, the, the cleanest approach. Third and final question from Greg V of Queens, New York. Greg wants to know, I just read about the mega backdoor Russell of 401k option. Can't believe the IRS allows it. Yeah, I know, seriously. Can I still do for 2022? So the answer, short answer is yeah, you could, Greg. What's a mega backdoor Roth 401k? It's essentially a way that you can go dollar for dollar in Roth up to 66 or 73,500 if you're over 15, 2023, or you can still do it for the 2022 taxable year. Why? Because the backdoor Roth contributions are not deemed employee deferrals. They're not deemed employer contributions. They're kind of like in the middle of their own little funnel. So they're not subject to any of those 1231 deadlines like employee deferrals. So technically, yes, even if you don't have a plan open in 2022, you can open the plan in 23 and still do the backdoor, mega backdoor for the 2022 taxable year. The most you can do in Roth in 22 is 61,000 or 67,500 if you're over 50. Why do you want to do the mega backdoor? Why is Greg and myself and everyone so you know pumped about it well if you do employee deferrals you can do the pre-tax or Roth but in 22 you're capped to 20,500 27,000 if you're over 50 right and then employer contributions the profit sharing at 20 percent if you're single member LC or sole proprietor 25 percent if you're a CRS corp that is in pre-tax um, starting in 23 that actually could be in Roth, but for the 22 taxable year, it, it's generally a pre-tax contribution, but it's a percentage, right? If you make 100K sole proprietor, you can only do 20,000 in pre-tax, and then you could convert it, so it's the tax. With the mega, if you make 100K, you're under 50, you can do 61K for 2022, dollar for dollar, all in Roth, and then do it after tax, and then convert it to Roth. There's no tax. It's, it's an after-tax contribution, not a pre-tax. And you can leave in the plan and invest it, or you can actually even roll it out to a Roth IRA without it being over the age of 59 and a half or terminating the plan. So what does the mega backdoor do? It lets you go dollar for dollar for 2022 in the 23 year, 61 or 67.5. You don't have to deal with employee deferral limitations or the employer profit sharing percentage limitations. You can just do Roth dollar for dollar. Um, you can convert it. Obviously it's after tax, not subject to tax. You can leave it in the plan and then reinvest it in the Roth account, or you can even roll it out to a Roth IRA if you want to, um, even if you're under 59 and a half and the plan is still in existence. So Greg, I agree. It's just super, super unknown, honestly. That's why it's not more popular. Most solo form case don't even have the option. IRA Financial has a special document that's being pre-approved by the IRS that allows for it. But if you work at a large corp, like even IRA Financial, Apple, Tesla, you're not going to be able to do the mega backdoor. Not even if the plan allows it, it may be difficult. Why? Because the mega backdoor is subject to certain ERISA testing, like top heavy and uh, 
contribution percentage test. And if not enough, you know, regular employees are doing it and too many highly comps executives are doing it, it's going to fail the top heavy or the deferral or slash contribution percentage test. And it's going to be invalidated by ERISA. But if you're a solo K, it's just you and some owners. So ERISA doesn't apply because there are no non-owner employees and you don't have to worry about ERISA and top heavy testing. So that's why the mega backdoor is so much more popular and so much more of a viable option in a solo K versus a ERISA 401k, but it's just unknown. Like there's so many people that let's say make hundred K really want to go Roth. So they do 20,500 for 2022 plus 20% of hundred get to 40,500. Whereas if they did the mega backdoor Roth, they'd go 61 or 67.5 on that hundred K because they wouldn't have to do the profit share. They can just go slant straight ahead, right to the mega backdoor dollar for dollar. So it just kind of expands the employee deferral. If you want to think of the mega backdoor conceptually, just think about it this way. It basically increases the employee deferral Roth limit from 20,500 or 27,000 2022 to 61 or 67.5 or in 2023 from 22,500 or 30K if you're over 50 to 66 or 73,500 if you're over 50 all in Roth you don't have to deal with the employer profit sharing component so i'm a big proponent it's just it's sad that more people don't take advantage of it they're literally leaving money on the table especially roth lovers but that's why i'm here it's why i'm doing this stuff is to educate people if i can just help one person a day just learn about things learn about this roth option the mega backdoor i'm happy that's that's good enough for me so uh hopefully more than one uh listen i know more than one listen but hopefully more than one resonate with and be like, oh, I can do this. This is cool. Let me do it. Awesome. Whether you use IRA Financial or some other company in the space, you know, obviously I'd love for you to be a client and work with you. But if not, like, that's cool. I get it. Uh, but it's all about educating people because the system's rigged in our favor. It's hard to believe the government has actually rigged the retirement system in our favor. We're just not educated enough to take advantage of it or not enough, enough of us are educated, right? I always give the example. I have a law degree, master's in taxation. I worked at some of the largest law firms in the world for nine years as a tax associate. I had no idea about self-directed Roth IRAs. I never heard of mega backdoors, never even heard about Roth conversions. Now, you know, I'm a relatively smart guy that knows a lot about tax law, just not, didn't learn about it in law school, didn't learn about it really uh, through a master program, didn't really deal with it as an attorney. So if I didn't know about it, how is you know someone who's just in finance or a nurse or a doctor or construction worker or a real estate investor or a musician or a, a whatever, right? Like it's it's sad. So we need to do a better job, including myself, just educating people, getting this out there, and um, you know hopefully you know people listen because I am a tax lawyer. I'm sharing this info. It's a lot of people I go online. I check out a lot of videos. I like, I like learning too, but there's a lot of rubbish out there. There's a lot of people telling things on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. They're not lawyers, right? And sometimes they're not right. And anyone can put a video out there, right? You don't have to be smart. Just need an iPhone, a, a smartphone. You can post a video, but it could be rubbish. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be true. Google is not checking for authentic authenticity. They're not checking to make sure that what you're saying vibes with the tax code. You can basically just say a lot of rubbish. So just gotta be careful who you're listening to. I try to make sure that they're um, at least 
either a lawyer, an accountant, they have some formal education, some degree, um, there's some ethics. So like a lawyer is not gonna go out there and just lie. Usually lawyers are not gonna say anything that they don't know 100% is true. Same with accountants, same with financial advisors. So just be careful who you, you're listening to. There's so many great, smart, amazing people out there, but just make sure you're listening to those folks and not um, you know just someone who has a phone who thinks that they know it all. Uh, otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're doing it on YouTube, thumbs up if you can, subscribe. Um, if you have questions, you can send them to info Financial. You can just leave them here. Just say, ask Adam or AdMail, whatever. He'll get to me. Uh, I got a, a bunch of great questions on the, on the horizon, but I always need more. So if you got more coming, if you have something, um, last thing I'll say is if you have a question, pro there's probably a hundred people behind you that have it. Don't be shy. You don't have to use your name. Uh, you can just say anonymous or Facebook or whatever, YouTube, no name. I'm not going to say your name. I just use like first name, first initial, last name, city. I don't, I don't want to embarrass people. I want people to have the um, confidence that they can just kind of shoot questions out there and not be uh, embarrassed or shy about them. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you had fun. It's great, great episode. And uh, catch you again next Thursday. Take care.